I hope you've been enjoying this series, Who I Am in Christ, and my prayer is, of course, as well as all of us who have been able to share, is that those truths are being applied to your life through the Holy Spirit, and as a result, you're seeing the transformation that God desires to be done in all of our lives, and especially in light of the verse that I just read earlier from James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So this past week, one of my sisters sent me this, and uh, it was talking about a little boy named Johnny. Apparently, when you tell these stories from the pulpit, all the kids are named, all the little boys are named Johnny. Well, anyway, Johnny is at the age, and he's just gotten his uh, license, driver's license. And he and his dad are discussing when Johnny's going to have the opportunity to drive the family car. And so dad, being a very wise dad, said, son, I want you to drive the family car, but I'm going to have to lay some conditions down for you first. Three things I want you to do. One is I want to see your grades come up. Two is I want to see you spending more time in the Bible. And three is I want you to get a haircut. A few weeks went by. Dad and Johnny get back together. Dad says, son, I'm just extremely proud of you your grades have come up they're looking really good and also i have noticed that you're spending time reading your bible which is what i've asked you to do he said however i've noticed you still haven't gotten a haircut well johnny proved to be one of those doers of the word he said well dad as i have been reading my bible and reading of the um heroes of the faith of Samson and Moses and Aaron and Jeremiah and even Jesus they didn't get their hair cut and dad said you know what I'm so proud of you son that you were able to read your Bible and find those things out and discover those things but I do have one question for you before we finish our conversation what's that dad Did you notice that all those guys who didn't get their haircut walked everywhere they went? All right. My kids will be impressed. And somebody laughed. In this incredible relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ... He has given to us the Holy Spirit. In fact, the last night he's spending time with his disciples and he keeps telling them about this one that's coming. And he says, it is better for you that I go away so he can come. Now, again, we've had this before, so it's nothing new. But they're thinking, oh, no, no, Jesus, it ain't better for you to go no matter who's coming. He said, oh, but it is, because here's the deal. And they didn't get it till later. I'm here speaking to you externally. But he, when he comes, he'll be internal. And that's where the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us. Look at this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received... Not the spirit of the world. <clears throat> we got enough of that on our own. Okay? Just so you know. 
We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Back to who I am in Christ. Let me read that again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know... We may know that word in the Greek, by the way, means that I, I have absolute knowledge of that. I, I know that. It's not something that's theory or impractical. It's very real. It's, it's applicable is the word I want. It's applicable. We may know the things freely given to us by God. So here's the deal. As you and I have the privilege of children of God by the Holy Spirit living in us who inspired the word of God, as we read that word, he will be the one who lets us understand the things freely given to us. Now, here's the thing. Please, if you don't read it, you won't know. In fact, if you wait from last Sunday to this Sunday to get a little something, you're coming up way short. That is not, that is not God's plan. That is not God's will. That is not God's way. It's real simple. His, his heart is that each of us as his children in this relationship that we have with him through the Holy Spirit, that it makes such a difference that we are absolutely desirous all the time to know his word, to know what it means, and know the application of that word, so that I'm not one of those who hears it, as one translation we read last Wednesday night was, I hear it, it goes in one ear and out the other. That is not how God wants the word of God to be for us. Now, to get the context, I want us to go back and begin in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 2. Because you have to understand, in chapter 1, he's talking about the fact that there's still division among you. Now, you have to ask yourself the question, why is there division in the body of Christ? If we're all in Christ, if we all have the Holy Spirit living in us, if we're all living every day to honor and glorify our Father, why in the world would there be division? Well, the answer is simple. It's pride. I want what I want. I want it my way. It's selfishness. And when we do not have our eyes on him, we typically have our eyes on us. And we have made ourselves our God, sadly. And as a result, we have a puny God. Just got to tell you. So Paul says in chapter 2, And when I come to you, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. He said, I didn't come in pride. That's what he said. I didn't come in pride. I came in humility. And my heart, my goal, my ambition, everything was for me to share the word of God in such a way that you would get it and you would know that it's real and you would apply it to your lives. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Isn't it amazing that we get hung up on so many tangents? I don't think we intend to. It's just we do. Paul says, when I came to you, I didn't come with arrogance. I didn't come with pride. I didn't come boasting of who I was. I came to tell you the simple truth. Jesus Christ 
died for your sin. Do you know that today? Do you know that today, that Jesus Christ died for your sin? How many of you know that today? Mind if I get a little, uh, I don't want to say it, personal? How many people have you told about your Christ who died for your sin? Excellent. Because the question that I would have to pose for all of us, why in the world would we keep that a secret? Why would we keep to ourselves that this miraculous, supernatural work of God has taken place in my life? And so when Paul comes in, he says, listen, and if you've read Paul's testimony, he said, I was, I was it. I was the epitome of a Pharisee. I was a teacher of the teachers. I was a leader. I I had it all. And you know what he says? Another portion of scripture, he says, and I just counted it as dung. You know what that is? That's poo-poo. He said, all that, when I came to the true knowledge of Christ, all that religiosity, all that stuff that I had so been so, so prideful of, I realized it was nothing but poop. But this is the real deal. Christ, him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. He said, I chose to surrender myself so totally to God that I didn't come in with this arrogance and this pride rocket, just lord it over you. Instead, I came in saying, Lord, however you want to do this, however you want to make this work, however it accomplishes your will and purpose, that's exactly how I want to do it. So... He said, I know that it appeared that I was weak and fearful and trembling, but my message was what? Not in words of wisdom from this world, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. He says, when it was all said and done, when I left Corinth... I wanted to be sure, absolutely sure that anything that I had said to you was so accomplished by the person and work of the Holy Spirit that nobody could say that what they had, they only had because of me. Is that not really, really sweet stuff? Because what was happening was... In Corinth, one person said, well, you know, when Paul was here preaching, that's when I came to know Jesus, you know, one of the apostles. Oh, but what about Apollos? I was, I was under the message of Apollos, and that's when I came to know Christ. And so it got so convoluted. Paul says, I only did what God told me to do in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because why? I didn't want anything you had, anything you held on to, to be anything other than what God had for you. Now, that's my heart. That is my heart. I would love to tell you that in the last 50 years of preaching, that that's always been how I've done it, but it's not. But it's my heart. I promise you, it is my heart. I want to do the things that God has for me to do in the power of the Holy Spirit so that 
anything you have from me or any other speaker from this church family is not men's wisdom, but it is the Spirit of God and the power of God, because that's what changes lives. So here's the work of the Spirit. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are passing away. He goes, yeah, we're speaking of wisdom, but it isn't the typical stuff that you hear. In fact, if you remember Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus is preaching, what did they say? We've never heard anybody speak with this kind of authority before. We've never heard anybody who was so bold in their proclamation because it was unlike the teachers of their day. It was unlike what they were accustomed to. And that's got to be us. But see, it's not just those of us who happen to stand on this platform. It's all of us in our life and lives every day, wherever we are. And I'm going to say very, very much so, especially in the home. Families are in trouble today. Families are in peril today. And we can say what we want. And some of it would be true. We live in a world system that hates us. That's true. Hates family, hates marriage. All that's true. All the information coming today, so much of it is convoluted and empty and ridiculous. That's all true. But at the end of the day, for every one of us who knows Christ as our personal Savior, this is our source. This is what we have to go by. If I'm not taking the time to read this, if I'm not taking the time to listen to this or however it is that I consume the word into my spirit, into my soul, then I can't blame anybody else, anywhere else. It's back to me. Because, as it says here, all that stuff that we're accustomed to around us now, it's all passing away. It's it's all coming to an end. And we all know that end is getting here more rapidly than previously. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom from God, predestined before the age of our glory, ages of our glory. It's it's the word of God. Why? I was talking to someone back earlier, and I remembered the the, uh, comments by Ken Ham, who is the founder of... Creation Museum and Ark Encounter. And he makes this statement. He says, if, if you can truly comprehend and master Genesis 1 through 11, that will absolutely give you the foundation for all the rest of the Word of God. If you just take the time to go back and look at all that God did in those, that early application and creation and all that he did there and his dealing with man how all that played out he said it just sets the foundation you have a firm foundation to build everything else on so as you read the word so we speak god's wisdom and sadly it becomes a mystery because we're not willing to tune in to him when we're tuned into him it's no longer a mystery you'll see how that works out here in a moment The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age have understood, for they had understood it, for if they had understood it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. He says if they had had heard the truth and realized what it truly meant, they would not have crucified Christ. Is that not amazing? 
But just as it is written, things which I have not seen, ear has not heard, and which has not entered into the heart of men, all that God prepared for those who love, who love him. God has this incredible, well, he's God, okay? This wealth of wisdom and truth that he wants so desperately for us to get. And sadly, we'll settle for way less than that. Chris mentioned it earlier. For all of us to realize we're all worshipers. Not because you are some great musical talent. I'm not. Believe me. Because of who I'm worshiping is what makes the difference. You say, but if I sing too loud, I'm so far off key, it's embarrassing. Well, we didn't say you had to embarrass yourself. Just make a joyful noise. Things which eye has not seen, ears have not heard, which have not entered to the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them. <laughs> you get that? God revealed them. To who? To those of us who love him. To those of us who are his. Through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. This scripture right here, I love this scripture. The Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Now think about that. Here's the Father, here's the Son, here's the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I didn't mean to put them like this. I'm sorry, like this. Here's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, because my job is to help you guys get all that he is about, even I will take the time to search the depths of the heart of God so I can make that known to you. Do you get that? That living inside of you, the person of the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, he is so desperate for us to comprehend and to know and to understand all that God has for us. He's searching the depths of God. That to me is mind-blowing. And then there's the natural versus the spiritual, and that's where we are, we are today. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him remember we're spirit soul and body and so it's our spirit our human spirit in us the holy spirit comes and abides in that but my spirit knows who i really am you know sometimes we think we know people but then something takes place and we go oh, we really didn't know them after all did we for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. The spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, lives in my life, lives in your life, in our inner man. And there he is desperately trying to express and reveal to us all that God is and all that he has for us. The question is... Are we willing? Are we desiring what he has? Are we allowing him to be who he is and work as he works or should work in each of us? Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. See, there again, 
He is in us. He is so desiring all the time to say, look, look who you are. Do you see who you are in Christ? Do you see the promise Father has given to you? Do you see what God has made available for you? That's why we talked the other week about gratitude. I used the illustration of the king and his servant and friend who went hunting. And the friend who would say, well, this is good. Nobody here would be at that place where tragedy and calamity and infirmity would strike our lives. And we would just say, oh, oh, thank the Lord I'm sick. You know, that's not how we operate, and I'm not asking anyone to do that. But what if instead, before we start whining like we so sadly do so very much, we would say, God, what are you up to here? What do you want to do here? Go back a few years when I was in the car accident, and I'm in the ambulance strapped down. And I can see because the lady who caused the accident is seated right there and she's strapped down in the seat and I'm on the stretcher. And I wasn't supposed to be there that day at that particular time. I was doing a favor. And so I introduced myself to the lady and her next response was, I wasn't even supposed to be here. I said, you weren't supposed to be here. What do you mean? She goes, oh, I was... They asked me to work over, and I said, no, I'm just, I'm going to go home early. If she hadn't stopped by McDonald's that day, we'd have had a really good day, but anyway. I said, wait a minute, are you telling me that you shouldn't have been here for this accident even to take place? She goes, that's correct. I said, well, neither was I. So my next response was, okay, God, what are you up to? And here's what he said. At that point, I'm strapped to a stretcher. I don't know I have a broken neck. I don't have, I don't know that my sternum has been fractured. I don't, the injuries that I've, I've gotten from the accident, don't know any of that yet. I just know I'm hurting like really bad. And here's what he said. He said, I want you to show people how to deal with infirmity. That you don't let it consume your life. Okay. Now, I got to tell you, I didn't know what that meant. And those of you who had, who had to live through that with me, where I would be up here on stage and have that alpine neck brace on, where my chin was up here and I was running down my back, and Sheila would have guys sitting along the front so I wouldn't step off the front and break something else. But this is good. If we, I say it's good when we let the Spirit of God take what we're going through and work in us and through us so that He then can work in the lives of others. The question is, are we even willing for that to take place? I've watched couples go through difficulty in marriage and how God would intervene and supernatural bring healing and restoration and reconciliation. And then years later, sometimes not years, but even days later, months later, years later, whatever, I would watch as God uses them to speak into somebody else. Is that not wonderful? That's our God. He's saying, marriage problems are not, this is good. You're right. It's not. But guess what? God can take some of that mess. You guys know that we are very much pro-life. But over the, excuse me, (laughs) boy, that caught. 
But over the years, we've sadly watched as a number of our ladies have lost babies. But what I've watched is the ones who've gone through it go to the ones who are going through it and give amazing comfort and encouragement and help and support. That doesn't mean they're celebrating the loss by any means. It means they're wanting to use what's happened in their life to help others. And that's true for all aspects of life. How many have lost a loved one? We had a funeral here Thursday, 59-year-old Chris Thompson. That family's going through it. Many of you have gone through it. And so when the opportunity comes that we are dealing with someone like that and who's going through that pain, we can go and assist and give aid and encouragement and love and compassion and prayer. That's our God. That's who he is. He freely gives. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. See what he's saying? He said, you know, we were over here in the natural and the fleshy, and now we're moving over here. And look, this is what God has done. This is what God is doing. This is what God is accomplishing, even to the point that our language changes. So let me just be real pushy with you for a moment. I mean, bad word. God had to give me a new language when I accepted Christ. Because I was that drinking, cussing sailor. So I got to tell you, it amazes me when I hear Christians who curse. You're saying, oh, that's not such a bad thing. Well, really, is it? All I would ask is this. Holy Spirit, you live inside of me. What I'm getting ready to say, is this really how you want me to say it? Is this really the verbiage you want me to use? Because sometimes when we are not careful about our words, we can cause other people to push back from the Christ that we know. Because here's the question, and you'll see it come here in a minute. The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. The natural man is somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Are you here today? You don't know Jesus Christ? Let me say to you very clearly, very, very clearly. Jesus was born, he died, and rose again for you. And I would pray, I would pray that... You would not leave here still in that condition if you do not know Christ as your personal Savior. The natural man doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. Oh, are you kidding me? That old, that's old wives' tale. That's just for, you know, for old women and whatever. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God working can bring us to a place where we can have spiritual appraisal, understanding of those things. And here's what I wanted to get to. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? 
but we have the mind of Christ. We have the Spirit of God in Christ. We have the mind of Christ in Christ. And that's why I said, would it not be wise before we open our mouths and say some things that would be absolutely ridiculous and offensive? Since we have His mind and His Spirit living in us, what do you want us to say? How do you want us to say it? I'll be the first to admit, and my wife is here to attest to it. Over the years, so many times, it's not been what I said, but how I said it. It was so wrong. And that was primarily raising our kids. I'm better at that now, just so you know, because the Spirit of God continues to work in me. But it's for all of us. It's not just for me. It's for all of us. We have the mind of Christ. What? I mean, think about that. I've heard people say of themselves and of others derogatory things about their mind and their capacity and their ability. And those of us who are in Christ, we have his mind. We have his spirit in us searching the depths of God to make those things known to us so that when we do our life every day, we truly are those doers of the word and not just someone who hears it, forgets it, and moves on. Would you stand as we pray? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in the life of every child of God who's gathered here today. Thank you that you will accomplish in and through us all that Father God desires to be done. That our lives, we are that witness, we are that light in this incredibly darkening world. And that those in our realm... Those in our realm know you because of us. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Help us to accomplish Father's desire, Father's will in all that we do and even in all that we say. In Jesus' name, amen.